Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. So let's go dive into this. I won't be before you long. Uh, <clears throat> um, a question will state, either you are born again or you're not. All right, there's no in-betweens. Either you're saved or you're not. Are you deceived in thinking that you are, but you really are lost? And I, I've said it dozens of times, probably hundreds of times now, the most dangerous place to be is to actually believe that you are saved when you're not. That, that's, that is a, a scary place. You, you're thinking that you're okay with God, and you go and stand before God, and he says, I never knew you. Depart from me. So we, we, we don't want to be in that place. Millions will stand before God and be turned away because they are not saved. So are you saved? Are you born again? Don't be so quick to answer that question if you're unsure. Um, one of the things you can't do, you can't fake being born again. You can, you can be church, you know, churchy, but you can't. I know a lot of churchy people, you know, they, they have the church, the church lingo, they have the church dance. They, they know all the right things to say. They even quote scriptures. But you can't, be, you can't fake being born again. Either you are or you're not. You may know the Bible and still not be born again. Um, you might pray. I, I've heard prayer, um, people unsaved pray and still not be born again. You might even join a church and, and pray a prayer at the end of a service and still not be born again. It isn't something that happens automatically. But it takes God for a person to be born again. Uh, Jesus used some strong words when he talked about being born again. So let's look at a few. In Matthew chapter 18, Matthew chapter 18, that's the first book in the New Testament. Matthew 18. Thank you, Lord. My wife wanted me to, wanted me to tell y'all that my shoes are, are, are a mistake. I didn't really mean to wear these shoes with this suit. So she, she wanted to make sure that I tell the people that it wasn't meant to be together. So they don't go together, but it's okay, right? Matthew chapter 18, verse 3. <laughs> Matthew 18, verse 3. It says, And Jesus said, Truly I say unto you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So you have to become like childlike in order to get into the kingdom of heaven. You can't come prideful. The Bible says God resists the proud, but it gives grace to what? The humble. And for by grace, you are saved through faith. So it takes grace to save us, right? But in order to receive grace, you got to be humble. <laughs> so I don't know any prideful person that ever got born again and says, you know, I, I guess I'll accept Jesus. You know, or I have an attitude when they come. I've seen teenagers. That, that, that's, it just reminds me. I remember I had the altar call, and, and they're like, I guess I'll, I'll get Jesus. I'm like, you, you waste some time. Just go back and cuss and do whatever you were doing prior to this because you, you, you're not going to get born again. You have to be really humble in order to receive Christ. It's, it's, it's not a thing of you got to know that you need him. You got to know that you are a sinner. You got to know that you're not going to go to heaven any other way. You got to be convicted and convinced and persuaded that he is the only way. So you can't go, you can't just, it's not just, 
I said this last week, joining a social club or joining a club. You know, you know let me sign up. Is that, you know, back in the day when people knocked on doors, um, some people would, would get people to sign a decision card. And it's not, it's not that, that doesn't necessarily guarantee that you're going to go to hell because you signed a card with your name on it. it it's actually, it's supernatural. I'm not saying that it's difficult to be born again, but it's supernatural. It takes God causing something to happen in your heart, and we'll look into that a little bit. But Jesus says, turn, that that's what com- com- um, repentance is. You act about an act of your will, turn away from sin, the power of sin, the dominion of sin. One of the greatest things that God has blessed humanity with is the power of choice. The power of choice. You, you have a, the ability to choose. Um, some say that there's about, we make about seven to 8,000 decisions a day. You make a decision to wake up. You make a decision to brush your teeth, to take a shower, to put on your clothes. That particular type of clothes or shoes that you got on right now. You make a decision to drive, make a decision to come to church, make a decision to eat after church, make a decision to text, to check your mail, your email, your text, so forth. You, you make decisions. We make decisions all the time. And God has given us that ability. And the beautiful thing about salvation, it's available to everybody. Whosoever will, let him come. Let her come. Let, let them come. Let children come. God opens his arms to everyone and invites them to come. He, Jesus will never force himself on anyone. He only comes by invitation. That's the beautiful thing about salvation. He doesn't, you know, you can be born in a Christian family and still miss heaven. You're not going to go to heaven on your mom's apron string. You got to get born again. You got to come through the blood of Jesus. You got to hear the word of God. Amen. It's, it's important as Christians that we understand the new birth. We, 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 we grab hold of the new birth. So Jesus says in Matthew 18, 3, it says, uh, unless you come like a child, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. And um, go with me to Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13. We're talking about the new birth. Part two, the greatest miracle. Luke chapter 13, and let's look at verse 3 through 5. No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Verse 5 says, no, I tell you, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Repentance is a grace of God. It's a display of God's grace. When a person has the, has the ability to change from a life of sin to a life of righteousness, God's grace is at work. So the Bible refers to repentance as, as a gift. And so you, you pray, when you pray for others to, to receive Christ, you pray that God will grant unto them the gift of repentance. God, give that person repentance. You, they can't change unless God gives them the empowerment to change. Unless God's divine influence, a definition of grace is the divine influence upon the heart and the reflection of that influence in a person's life. God, it, it, it is unmerited favor, but another definition 
Another shade of grace is the divine influence. So when we talk about grace, we're talking about God influencing the heart and the, react, the, the, the evidence of that influence is in the life. By grace, you are saved through faith. So faith gives us access to the grace that will change a person's heart. John chapter 3, verse 3, it talks about you must be born again. No one can see the kingdom of God. Uh, you can go, go ahead and, and go to 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. Let's talk about what the new birth is not. In order to understand the new birth, you got to understand what it's not. It's not membership. We believe in church membership here. You need to be part of a church. If you're a Christian, you need to, be, you need to belong to a, believe, a group of believers. Amen. You need to have a pastor to do your premarital counseling, your postmarital counseling, to do your wedding, to do your, <laughs> your, um, your funeral, to counsel you. You need somebody. Um, you, we don't need to go to the world or looking for somebody because you weren't part of a church. Sometimes I get calls, can you come and do my wedding? Can you come and do this? Can you? And where's your pastor? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That, that's the first question. You know, I just want you to marry me. So what church you belong to? <laughs> that gets them because they'll, they'll say, I'm saved. I love the Lord. If you love the Lord, you'll be a part of a, of a church. Right? right? Don't, the Bible doesn't know a Christian without a church. Most of the New Testament is written to the church. <laughs> Not to an individual. To the church. To the churches. Right? How can you put in the love, love one another scriptures, the one another scriptures, love one another, carry each other's burdens, pray for one another. You can't do all that. It's talking about a local assembly. So, so you know, you, it's important to belong to a church. But just because you are a member of a church doesn't mean that you're born again. That's the danger. We, we have a somewhat of a system where we try to help people to make sure they understand what it means to be born again prior to joining our church. We have an interview process because we, we're not trying to get numbers for numbers' sake, right? We are concerned about numbers because God so loved the world. And he named a book after numbers. I mean, a book is called Numbers. So God is after the masses, right? We believe that. We, we believe that we want to grow. We want to thrive. We believe in for 120 people. And then we continue to grow and believe God for continue until Jesus comes, right? All right. So... But it's not just joining a church. It's not even being water baptism, baptized. We know that water baptism is important, you know, getting immersed in water. We, be, we don't believe in infant baptism, by the way, for those who, who kind of thought that we did. We don't. We believe in baby, baby dedication, but not infant baptism. We believe in believer's baptism, where you have to go down, get, go down <laughs> in the water, immersed in the water. I grew up A.M.E. where they sprinkled. <laughs> but we believe in bap baptism, water baptism, down in the water <laughs> and coming up in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit under the authority of the name of Jesus. But just because you do that doesn't mean that you're born again. We believe that only Christians should go down in the water, identifying them with his death and his resurrection, more than anything, but just because you go through the act doesn't mean that you're born again. Amen? Um, the new birth is not confirmation. It's not even participating in communion. You can take it, communion and find yourself not saved. 
There's some people who take communion. Um, going to church, um, saying prayers. I know sinners who pray. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I know unbelievers that pray. Um, reading the Bible doesn't make you a Christian. I know a lot of Christ- people who read the Bible for just for enjoyment. I had a coworker when I was teaching at the community college. He, uh, he says, you know, I think I'm going to read the NIV, Dwayne, today, this week, this year. And he just picked up the NIV and started reading it and re- it got through it. I said, if I could just get Christians to do that. <laughs> he was an unbeliever, but he was very disciplined when it came to reading. Paying ties. Don't necessarily make you a Christian. I know, I, I, I've known some drug dealers who pay ties. <laughs> yeah, so, so paying ties don't make you a Christian. It's not going to earn you a place in God. You know what I'm saying? It's not going to position you. You're not going to earn anything by paying your ties with God. Now, as a Christian, you should pay your ties. But I, what I'm saying is paying ties within itself doesn't make you a Christian. There are people, there, there's, um, I used to have a magazine called The Success Magazine, and in this magazine, they, they, they interviewed several hundreds of people of, of dealing with success and finances and business and entrepreneurs, and they have what is called, what well, they do a tithe. They give 10% of their revenue to a nonprofit charity, and they call that tithing. It's something that rich people do all the time. You don't get rich, I mean, just a side note, just if you're not a giver. So the world has taken the principles from the scriptures about giving. They give 10% of their revenue to a nonprofit that they believe in. And we got a lot of Christians who don't believe in tithing. (laughs) Chick-fil-A, from what I understand, they give 10% of their revenue to a a, a charity, a church, or something to advance the kingdom of God. And we know that they're blessed. (laughs) They close on Sunday. They observe the Lord's Supper. You know, they're giving it back to the community and so forth. I'm not here to preach about them. But I'm saying that paying your tithes don't make you a Christian. This is a good one. Morally upright. (laughs) Being a virgin doesn't make you a Christian. So I had a friend. um, I'm I'm still um, trying to reach out to him. Uh, we were best friends in middle school, and I, at the time, I, I, I just moved up from Arkansas to Trenton, and I didn't know that, I didn't really, wasn't aware of Jehovah's Witnesses, didn't know really who they were, what they represent, and so he was like, I'm a Christian. <clears throat> I said, hey, I'm a Christian, and we became best friends. <laughs> but later on, I found out he was a Jehovah's Witness, and I said, like, let's pray together. Oh, I don't pray with anybody who's not part of my, you know, at, at I was his denomination. That's that's weird, and he's like, but he he's like, oh, I committed to being a virgin when, when, before I got married. I'm not gonna you know lose my virginity to anybody except my wife. I said I did the same thing. Yo, what's up? But come to find out, he was not born again, and he waited. We talked years later. He waited until he was a virgin until he got married. So it doesn't mean that you're a Christian because you're a virgin. I know some people who are not Christians, and they say, I'm not going to have sex before marriage or before I found the one, right? And so it does, being morally upright, being respectful doesn't make you a Christian. You know, saying yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am doesn't make you a Christian. It doesn't mean that you're born again. Now, Christians should be respected. 
respect, you know, have something about them, kindness and, and respectful. Um, Christians should be the best workers at their jobs, you know. So it doesn't mean that, you, you know, a person, some, some people that get up and they're never late to anything. It doesn't mean that they're a Christian. Um, just because they pick up the trash around the neighborhood doesn't mean they're a Christian. So these things don't earn a place with God because you do these things. Being your best or having an outward correctness of life doesn't make you a Christian. Changing the outward man or woman does not change the heart. <clears throat> you can take a pig and you can clean that pig up. You can put like a, a dress on the pig. You can um, even pierce the pig's ear. You can make the pig nice and smelling good, but it doesn't change the nature of the pig. The pig, if they see um, some mud, a puddle, they're going to go right in there in that nice dress. So you can, you, can, you can dress a person up in a suit or a dress and still not be born again. How many people you know who dress the best and they're not even thinking about Christ? So it's, these things are important, but they're, they're not a reflection of a changed heart. The new birth will produce evidence of a right relationship with God. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, let's go over there. Are you, you should be there already. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, <coughs> the new birth, it's the greatest miracle. It really is. Um, let's look at verse 5. It says, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourself. Or do you not realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail to meet the test? I hope you will find out that we have not failed the test. But we pray to God that you may not be, do wrong, not that we may appear to have met the test, but that you may be that you may do what is right, though we may seem to have failed. Let's look at verse 5. Examine yourselves to see whether or not you're in the faith. Every person needs to examine themselves to see if they truly are in the faith or in Christ or in the way who is Christ. You have to examine yourself. It's nothing, um, you know, some people say, well, I, I said a prayer when I was a little. But we're talking about now. Faith is present tense. So examine yourself. And today I submit to you, it, it, it is one of the greatest, the most important tests of life, whether to have true faith or fake faith. The Bible talks about fake faith, fang faith, faith that is not proven. Faith, you know, people talk about, we believe God, that person believed God and died. Well, we don't really know if they believe God or not. And you don't really can't tell sometimes if a person is saved based on what they look like or what they, the, the way that they talk. Now, granted, there are some ways, you know, there's a glow about believers. There is a, 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 a the Spirit of God will manifest in ways upon individuals, <clears throat> but that's very subjective. So we have to test and see if you're in the faith. One of the indicators that you're born again, you have the witness of the Spirit. 
the Spirit bears witness with your spirit that you are a child of God. My grandmother, one of my grandmothers, I got the wonderful opportunity, I'll never forget, it was her and my step-grandfather, and they were, they've always, as far as I remember, they always, always had beef between each other. And so I came in town, and I said, you know, I, I, I want to have a Bible study with y'all. Y'all getting older? <laughs> and, and I just, I want to meet with y'all. Can, can I have a Bible study? Can y'all get along just a little bit while we have a Bible study? And they both agreed. And so I sat down with them in their house, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm taking the scriptures, and I begin to expound on scriptures and, and, and challenging them and, and, and say, you know, I want to see y'all in heaven. I, I say, God forbid me, for me to preach to everybody else, but not y'all. Like, like I want, and I began to explain the new birth and, and that you got to be born again. And, and, you know, my grandma, she had issues with the Baptist, the, the church, the Baptist church that she was part of. She said, they're all fake. I said, well, well why don't you go and show them a real Christian? <laughs> you're right, you're right, grandson. And I began to preach the gospel to her and her husband. And I said, listen. Do y'all want to receive this eternal life? And they both agreed. And I prayed with my grandfather, my grandfather and my grandmother and led them into the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. That's, that's what I'm talking about. You can't take it for granted just because a person attends church that they're okay with God. Amen. We have to take this message, how God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. So going back to this 13 verse 5, it says, examine yourself, test yourself, make sure that you're in the faith. There are many people who are trusting in their good works. See, what happens is the temptation is if I do something wrong, let me do 10 things that are right to make up for the one thing that I did wrong. We, are, we have that mentality in, 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 in this world. We feel like we have to, we have to make up the difference. Let, let, let me earn that back. Let, let me do something to make it right. Oh, if you kill somebody, let me go and save a million people. It doesn't work that way. We're all guilty before the, the Lord God Almighty, and we stand before him as sinners outside of Christ. We are worse, we are real bad individuals. We're bad guys and girls. We, there's nothing good about us. There's nothing in us that is good. That's a hard pill to take when you realize I, I need the pill that is good so that I can be good in his sight. Now, this scripture tells us there's real faith and versus fake faith. I want to say, submit to you that not only is it talking about whether you're saved or, in, or not, but I, I also believe whether or not a person is in faith when they pray or in faith, walking by faith. A lot of people who, who, who they say the right stuff, but they're not really in faith. Uh, they, they make the right confessions. I, I, I've seen this, a, I won't say a million times, but dozens of times where you're ministering to somebody with healing and you're in the hospital, and they'll tell me everything that they think that I want to hear. By Jesus Christ, I'm healed. Oh, I'm doing fine, Pastor. I claimed it, and I spoke the word of God. And the moment I turn the corner, <laughs> they'd speak, oh, Lord, I don't know if I'm going to make it. 
sometimes uh, <laughs> don't don't be guilty. I, I I have done. Well, let me stop lying. Um, people, you know, get off the phone with you, and they don't always hang up. <laughs> and you're like, what? <laughs> oh, that was just a pastor. I, yeah, yeah. I just tell him what he want to hear. <laughs> you, are you walking on somebody talking about you? <laughs> you're like, okay. <laughs> um, listen, it's not what you say in front of other people that really dominates your life. It's what you say behind closed doors. If you're saying all this stuff, people, you know, they get excited and, and, and they saying all the right stuff. That's, that's nice. But what are you saying Monday through Saturday? What are you saying when, when, when the believers are not around? The real test of Christianity, right? John chapter 3, the new birth. I want to be in faith. I don't want to have unfaith. I want to, I want to have faith, faith. I want to have faith that is genuine. True, bona fide Bible faith. Amen? John chapter 3. John chapter 3, and let's look at this. We, we started with verse 1. Um, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher come from God, for no one can do these things unless God is with him. You know, we, we highlighted that it's interesting that he came to Jesus by night and not by day. Sometimes people will come to you as a believer um, on the side to ask you questions about your faith. I've had people do that. I have fi- I've had five percenters pull me aside and ask me questions about the faith. I've had Muslims and I've had Jehovah Witnesses and, and, um, and different individuals asking questions about the faith. Verse 3, Jesus answered him, truly, truly, I say unto you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven or kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto them, to him, how can these things be? Or how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? That, that's a legitimate question. Verse 5, Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say unto you, unless one is born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And we put great emphasis on last week how that being born of water is being born of the word of God. First Peter talks about how we've been born again of incorruptible seed, the word of God. First Peter 2, 22 through 25. Um, it, it is through the word of God that we are um, uh, born of imperishable, the imperishable word of God, unable to be destroyed. And then we also emphasize Romans 10 to 17, faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of Christ. The original language actually says Christ. King James says the word of God. So faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of Christ. And we talked about it's not just listening to the Bible. It's not just reading the Bible, but it's listening and hearing and under anointed teaching. The anointed word of God causes faith, true faith. I can go to bed to Alexander Scobie at night reading the scriptures, but it will not necessarily produce faith in me because I'm listening to the Bible read. What causes faith in my heart is anointed preaching and teaching. That's where faith comes in. And so you and I, side note, you and I have, a, have received an anointing from the Holy One, and we need to operate in that anointing. 
I'm telling you, if you want to experience God in a unique way, begin to share the good news with someone who doesn't know. Why would God anoint you so that you can put on your business card anointed so-and-so? He anoints us to go into disorder (laughs) and bring some order. He anoints us to go and minister to the brokenhearted, um, to minister to people who are jacked up. (laughs) You're not just anointed to be around your favorite people, but he will anoint you to be in an uncomfortable situation. If you'll just yield yourself to the Lord, he'll give you an opportunity this week. Look for opportunities. And when those people on social media, especially Facebook, and they try to say, hey, how are you? And you know they're hacking. That's my opportunity to witness. Well, do you know about Jesus? <laughs> I do. I hack them. What do you mean? What do you mean? And then the next thing I know, user not found. You know, <laughs> I, that, That's a way to get rid of them. Uh, telemarketers. Hey, oh, you, you need Jesus? Let me, let me, since you're taking up my time calling me about something, trying to get me, let me tell you about Jesus. You're going to die and go to hell if you don't repent. Repent. <laughs> you lie, wonder. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, 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 I've come way down. I mean, I'm really, really way down. I used to be. I mean, I go, go to, go when it's come to my door, come on in. They marked my house and said, don't go there because you might get saved. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, I will give you a side story. There's a young, uh, older man, you know, I teach, taught community college. My wife will remember this. I used to teach at a community college, teaching um, high school courses. Older man, he probably was in his 50s. And he was looking at the young ladies and really trying to get them to do inappropriate stuff with him. I say, sir, you got a spirit of lust. And this is in the middle of my class. I said, you need to be, you need to repent. And let me cast that devil out. And I, I, God is my witness. I had everybody in there. I said, everybody would stretch your hands. The Muslim girl with, the, with her, her, um, her retirement had stretched her hands out. I said, we're going to pray for this young man right now. And I took authority over that devil. I bound him. I said, in the name of Jesus, you're going to break. I, I, I command you to loose this older gentleman right now in Jesus' name. He said, I feel free. I said, now, now you need to get it saved. So talk to me after we finish this math, this calculation. God is my witness. God is my, I did it. And he was like, I feel free. I said, yeah, you should. Because never, ever, you're not going to do that in my class. You're not going to use this as a platform for your lust. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just, it's, you, you got to have a thought. And, and I'm not, you might get fired. <laughs> I had grace on me. I didn't get fired. So you use wisdom. <laughs> but, but. Use yourself. Be, be available for God to use you everywhere. People are lost and dying and going to hell. Open your mouth. Don't, don't try to, you know, they might not like me. They don't like you anyway. <laughs> so give them something else to not like about you. I'm going to give you something to talk about. Talk about me in the, in, in the, the, the conference rooms. Talk about me, how I, I'm helping people and preach. I mean, again, use wisdom. God, you know, you're not, you get, you're not paid to have revival on the job, but be open to have revival. <laughs> Amen. I, I've, I've, I've I heard, shared this story when I was orderly. I was in, a, in a, um, the little hallway because a young man wanted to get saved. He, I, I, I was, doctors would come in and out. I prayed with him, led him to Christ in the thing. And I said, you need the Holy Ghost. 
I said, we got a couple minutes between the, the, the beats because they gave us little pagers at, to go to the next place. And I said, now receive the Holy Ghost. And he, the young man starts speaking in tongues, crying. I said, it was like, beep, beep, beep. I said, now it's time to go. Go ahead and go. <laughs> I'm telling you, you, why not? You may never see this, these people again. You know, you're going to retire, they retire. Or, I mean, I woke up this morning thinking about my um, former coworker who's 85 years old. I had to search and see if she's still living. But I had a dream that she died. I'm going to pray for her today, you know. I don't know if I'll ever get a chance to meet up with her again, but it's all, open yourself, yield yourself. God will, I'm telling you, God will minister to you in your dreams to either pray or witness for somebody else on the behalf of somebody else. Yield yourself. God wants to you be in here singing these nice songs. You believe these things? Then put into practice. Look for opportunities. You'll find opportunities to help people and never be shocked by what people are involved in. Well, I'll never forget this one kid. He was, a, he was a Satan worshiper. He said, hey, Mr. Dwayne, I worship Satan. I said, hey, I worship Jesus. <laughs> um, I, I, I just feel impressed to tell this story. This is when my, my brother had passed, and this lady, she was a student. She, um, she was into some other stuff, and she says, oh, she prophesied to me. I see you, you just had a brother die. I said, yeah, I did. Um, and then she, I said, you could just Google me and, and find, find, out, find that out. And then she's like, he's right there beside you. And he, she begins to describe his face and the way he looked. I said, you devil, come out of this woman. <laughs> I said, come out. Familiar spirit, come out. And Jesus, she's like, <laughs> and ran off. <laughs> Never came back to my class. <laughs> I'm serious. This is, you, you're anointed to cast out devils. Cast them out. Who are you going to cast them out? Yourself? If you got a devil, you ain't got a problem, right? I mean, look for opportunities for the Lord to use you. Pray for the, somebody sick. Don't just sit back and go, well, you know, they don't believe. No, let, let us just demonstrate, just demonstrate the power of God. You'll have testimonies. No, 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 what, Pastor? I prayed for somebody and they got healed. Praise the Lord. I, I witnessed to somebody, and they heard me, and they said, they'll think about it. Praise the Lord. Or I led them to Christ. Amen? Amen. Be open. Be available to God. He wants to use us. He wants to make us usable. Let's hurry up. My time is getting away. Verse 4. Let's look at this. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say unto you, or I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Let's jump down to verse 6. That which is born of the flesh is what? And that which is born of the Spirit is? Do not marvel that I say unto you, you must be born again. You must be. This is a command. Jesus is putting a demand on the world. You must be born again. There's no way around it. You're not going to experience the life that I have for you unless you're born again. You just start living when you get born again. He makes you alive. At one point, if, without Christ, we were dead in our trespasses and sins. We were alienated from the covenant of hope. We were apart from God. We didn't know the God of the Bible. We worshiped dumb idols, as Scripture says. We worship, we, we lived according to our desires and our passions. We don't know real freedom until you get to the master. And then you begin to get on the road of freedom. 
Amen. Um, it, it, it is the, the desire of every human being to be free. And there's a lot of people who don't even know that they're bound. Sin is ruling all over them. There's people who are weed heads. They're controlled by a leaf. There's people who are controlled by alcohol and pornography. They're controlled by a screen, a screen. I'm telling you, there's people who are controlled by food and, and, and their desires for entertainment. Freedom is our inheritance. It's what God has given us through Christ. And Jesus says, do not what I say unto you that you must be born again. You must be regenerated. You must have a newness of life. It takes the word of God in the spirit of God to cause us to be born again. Receive your freedom today. Let's go to Ezekiel chapter 11. I'm almost finished. Ezekiel chapter 11. We're talking about the new birth, the greatest miracle. For God to change a man or a woman, <laughs> it takes great, a great miracle. It takes God doing the, uh, the extraordinary, invading uh, a, a, a heart of sin, changing a mind and changing a heart. And once he changes the heart, the fruit will come after. Amen. Ezekiel chapter 11, verse 19 and 20. In Ezekiel chapter 11, verses 19 and 20 says this. It says, and I will give them one heart, a new spirit I will put within them. I will remove the heart of stone from their flesh and give them a heart of flesh that they may walk in my statutes and keep my rules and obey them. And they shall be my people and I will be their God. This is the Lord telling us that he's going to perform surgery. When the word of God, the word of God is called the word of truth, the word of life, and the word of faith. When the word of God goes forth, the spirit of God moves on that word, and then the person opens their heart, he begins to operate in their life. He removes a heart, that, a heart of stone. You remember the scripture? that says that if you don't praise me, that the rocks or the stones will praise him? Well, what he's talking about is he will go after a nation that will praise him, the heart of stones. He will remove that heart of stone, and the heart of stone simply says, I'm not moved by you. I don't care if you exist. I choose not to believe in you. I choose to not even believe that you exist. The Bible says the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Whether he's or agnostic, that heart is hardened. Sin has hardened the hearts of people. And the more people sin, the more their heart gets hardened. And the Spirit of God comes in, and he changes the heart. The first thing he does, he doesn't change their attire. He doesn't change their look. He doesn't change their body. He doesn't even change their mind in the sense of their thoughts. He changes their heart. He removes the heart of stone and gives them a heart of flesh, a real heart, a again heart, a heart that is governed by Christ. Jesus comes inside 
and he changes something inside of us. This is a great mystery. Explain it. You can't, you, I mean, you said, I'm born again. What does that mean? I mean, you use, I was, I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, now I can see. Jesus has found me. He has caused my heart to be brand new. I got to, see, before Christ, my heart, is, my heart was wicked. But now he's created a clean heart, given me, reestablished my life, gave me another chance, changed my inside and out. He starts working on you, allowing that new nature. He changed my nature, changed my DNA, changed, we changed fathers. At one time, we had, Satan was our father. Now that we're born again, God is our father. We, the first thing he does, he gives us a spirit that says, Abba, Father. You can't help. It's like a tongue. You just can't help. Abba, Father. It's natural for us to call him Father God. He's God to the world, but he's Father God to us. We don't believe in Mother God. We believe in Father God. We, we, he, he displaced himself as a male, like masculine. And so we don't refer to it as she. He is he. Come on. Amen. Let's correct that. Because there's some people jumping on this thing. It's a, she is referring to God. The devil is a liar. And that theology and that ideology has to come down and we preach the truth. He, he came to, Jesus came and brought the father out. Not the mother, the father. The source. <laughs> he says, pray this way, our father, our source where we derive our name from. And Ephesians 3 says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of whom the whole heaven and earth is named after. I'm named after him. He gave me his name. He gave me his identity. He gave me my mind. He gave me his word. He gave me his spirit. He gave me his blood. He gave me heaven to go to. Come on. And that's what we have as believers. So he says, I'll give you a brand new heart. I'll give you a brand new spirit. I'll write my law in your heart, Jeremiah 31. I'll write my heart in my law in your heart. Even without reading the Bible, you'll know what's right and wrong because of the spirit he gives us. That is an indicator that we're born again. He, he begins to write his law in our heart. Tell the story and I'll end on this. Wonderful woman of God. Her, um, her, I just talked to her sister last yesterday. She's home with the Lord, good friend of ours. And um, she was out <laughs> witnessing, I think it was around Mother's Day, her, the, the, the group of women that she mentored, they were passing out roses uh, at the park. Said, hey, we just want to bless a bunch of mothers. And, of course, they blessed the other women as well. And, and a drug dealer came up to her, said, hey, you're in my, you're in my area. <laughs> she said, no, 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 this belongs to God. The earth is the Lord of the fullness thereof. So this earth is the Lord, so it belongs to my father. And in long story short, she began to witness to the young man. He was living with his girlfriend, making all this money. A young man got born again, stopped selling drugs, moved out of his girlfriend's house into his mother's house, started working for McDonald's. That is the mark of salvation. He left all the money he was making to work at McDonald's for minimum wage at the time, you know, and moved in his mama's house. 
and start walking towards the things of God and pursuing the will of God. That's what we're after. That's what it means to be born again. That, and we, we go on, I mean, I have more notes than we have time, but I just want to share with you that the importance uh, that we understand this that it, we, we're leaving sin, we're divorcing. When we get born again and the new birth is, it happens to us, we are no longer in obedience to sin. Now we are in obedience to righteousness. Romans 6 says that sin, Romans 6 says that sin no longer has dominion over us. The power, the, the authority of sin cannot claim us anymore. Sin has been destroyed by the blood of Jesus. Uh, I'm no longer under a curse, but I'm under the blessing. No longer am I ruled by my senses, but I'm ruled by my new nature. Amen. That, that, that nature that God, God gave us his nature. And, and I heard a song years ago, everything that he is, he is in me. Everything he is, he is in me. He, he's the healer, the provider. I mean, I have his nature on the inside of me. He changed my nature. When I got born again, my nature is not the same. It was if, 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 if Petey was goofy before salvation, he still is goofy, but he got a new nature. Amen. Amen. Uh, it, God doesn't change our bodies yet, but it's coming. It's coming that, that we're going to get new bodies. Amen. But in the meantime, our spirit was born again. We got a new nature. New DNA, new father. <laughs> father God <laughs> is our father. So take a few moments and call on God the father. Father God. Father, father, father. Abba, father. Abba, father. Oh, God, I thank you for being our father. You are our very own father. Thank you, Lord. It doesn't matter <clears throat> in, this, in one sense that what your natural father didn't do. <laughs> you got a heavenly father. He makes the difference. Amen. You might have had a good father in the natural, but he's a great father. Amen. Every, every perfect, every good and perfect gift comes from the father above. He's our father. Father, we love you today. We thank you for sending Jesus to making us um, understanding that we that believe in Jesus, that he gave us the power to become children of God. We have the ability now that we've been born again. Thank you, Lord. We praise you. Thank you, Lord. Come on, let's worship God. Thank you, Lord. We praise you and we honor you. We magnify your name. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father. Thank you for being our Father. Thank you. You are Father God to us. Thank you. We, our spirit cries out, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. Abba, Abba, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. It's so natural for us to say, oh, Father. Thank you, Father. Oh, Father, thank you for being our Father. Thank you for being our very own father. Thank you for bringing, we know who we are. We know where we came from. We know why we exist. We know what, 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 we, what we can do, and we know where we're going. Father, I thank you that we have answered the, the, the questions of life. Oh, God, I thank you that we don't have to look for our identity in, in our sexual orientation. We don't have to look for our identity in our financial status. We don't have to look at our identity. We don't derive our identity what we do. It's who we are, whose we are. We know who we are, who we belong to. And we belong to you, Father, through the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for being our elderly brother. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being our guide and, and our teacher. Come on, come on, praise him like you, 
like you know how good he is. Oh, Father, I thank you. We praise you. Thank you for this relationship. Thank you for this fellowship. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh, we, we're so very grateful, Father. Thank you for the new nature. Thank you that we're born again. We're born alive. We're alive to you and dead to sin. Thank you, Lord. No longer sin has dominion over us. The power of sin is destroyed over our lives, and we're free people, Father. I thank you for the freedom that is in Jesus. The freedom that is in the new birth is our reality. We thank you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Thank you, Father. We walk in this freedom. We walk in this new nature. Oh, God, I thank you, Father. Oh, God, I thank you. I praise you, Lord. We're no longer under the, the bondages of, of the law, but we're under grace. Grace reigns in our lives through Jesus Christ. I thank you, Father. We're reigning in life through the one who died in our place. We praise you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Even now, Father, even now that you're ministering to your people, the, 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 the understanding and the revelation of, 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 of our relationship with you, our fellowship with you. Oh, Father, oh, God, I thank you that we, we understand this sweet communion, Father. You've called us away from um, dead works and to works that are alive, living works, living faith, God. I thank you, Father. We have living faith. Oh, God, I praise you. I glorify you. Give your people understanding of the new birth. Oh, give them revelations of the new birth, Father. Let them walk in it, Father. Let us walk in the fullness of the new birth. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For this is the abundant life that you promise. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Oh, we praise you. Thank you for that anointing. That anointing that destroys ignorance. That anointing that destroys yokes and bondages. Oh, thank you for that we are free people. We are free. We call, come on, say, I call myself free. I'm free from demons. I'm free from bad habits. I'm free from anger. I'm free from sin. I'm free to live righteously. In the name of Jesus, I'm a servant of righteousness. My mind serves righteousness. My body serves righteousness. My members serve righteousness. In Jesus' name, I'm a free person. In Jesus' name, I'm looking at a bunch of free people. Thank you, Lord. Let's walk in the freedom, the freedom that's in Jesus. The free, we are free people. Let's act like we're free. Let's talk like we're free. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.